Do you long for any of these things? A clean conscience, no more shame or guilt, improved relationships with God and others, a boost to your God esteem and inner peace, security, confidence, reduced anxiety and fear, emotional stability and resilience, a deep sense of joy, contentment and purpose, increased strength during difficult times, and meaningful sense of community and connection. If you said yes to any of these, stay tuned as Victoria walks us through three lessons from Psalm 36, complete with the how-tos to help you satisfy your longings as you adhere to these biblical principles. She'll also tackle those pesky thoughts that play interference, and she'll offer you tools to help you switch your perspective today. Hey there, I'm Victoria, a certified Christian life coach, author, motivational speaker, and university educator, and I am obsessed with helping you navigate through life's ups and downs so that you can live day by day in God's peace despite the many external demands on your time and energy. The Choose to Think Inspirational podcast is about the delicate dance between God transforming you from the inside out and your personal responsibility for change, maturity, and refinement as a Christ follower. On the show, I'll help you connect the between your faith and your life in practical, meaningful ways while giving God room to do what only He can do and so that you can shine your light for Christ and be better equipped to serve your family and help others around you. You can change every area of your life one thought at a time. Welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast Brain Changer. Let's dive in. Hey everybody, this is Victoria and I'm so glad that you're here. We're going to talk about Psalm 36 today and you're going to want to stay tuned because it is jam-packed full of powerful lessons that you can apply to your life starting today. And I'm going to give it to you kind of in a nutshell. The historical backdrop for Psalm 36 is not explicitly mentioned in the text itself, but it is generally believed to have been written by King David. It won't take you long to figure out how this song fits in easily within the broader context of David's life and experiences. Think about what David faced in his lifetime. Can you relate? The challenges, hardships, battles, family conflicts, and his own moral struggles. We see these themes throughout the Psalms and easily shadowed here in Psalm 36. The subtitle in the NASB version reads, Wickedness of Humanity and Goodness of of God. As a 21st century Christ follower, what are some of those lessons or reminders that you might consider from the text? Number one, turn away from sin. Number two, trust in God's unfailing love and mercy. And number three, delight in God's presence. Before we unpack each one, let's listen to the psalm. Some of the lyrics are quite popular, and you may notice them in a few of your favorite praise and worship songs. But stay tuned throughout as I'll offer you practical tips to apply each lesson and actually meet those longings that you've heard my friend Donna, you know, that she asked you about at the opening of this episode. In other words, applying these three principles to your life today will get your mind and brain heading in the direction of saying adios to shame or guilt. It'll help you improve your relationships, find peace, inner joy, and emotional stability. I promise. Just wait till you hear these. Putting these truths into play will reduce your anxiety and fear and increase your resilience. I'm raising my hand. I definitely want these things. Plus, I'll share a few personal stories along the way, as well as all the counter thoughts that you can engage that are filled with God's truth, love, and life. Now, let's listen to Psalm 36. Psalm 36. 
Psalm 36, the NASB version. Wrongdoing speaks to the ungodly within his heart. There is no fear of God before his eyes, for it flatters him in his own eyes concerning the discovery of his wrongful deed and the hatred of it. The words of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. He has ceased to be wise and to do good. He plans wickedness on his bed. He sets himself on a path that is not good. He does not reject evil. Your mercy, Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like the great deep. Lord, you protect mankind and animals. How precious is your mercy, God. And the sons of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They drink their fill of the abundance of your house and you allow them to drink from the river of your delights. For the fountain of life is with you. In your light we see light. Prolong your mercy to those who know you and your righteousness to the upright of heart. May the foot of pride not come upon me and may the hand of the wicked not drive me away. Those who do injustice have fallen there. They have been thrust down and cannot rise. And this is the word of the Lord. Okay, here's a reminder number one, turn away from sin. Move forward with clarity. And let me give you an analogy here. It's like cleaning a dirty window. Just as you wouldn't want to look through a dirty window that obscures your view, turning away from sin is like cleaning that window of your heart. Sin can cloud your spiritual vision, but by repenting and seeking forgiveness, you clear away the dirt, allowing the light of God's love to shine through clearly. Sometimes it's the shame or guilt of past sin that clouds your views. You know, once I went to the Iron Bell in Louisville, Kentucky. Actually, Jim and I go fairly often. It's like a little sanctuary tucked away on this idyllic piece of property that beckons weary sojourners. I know that sounds poetic, but it really is true. You drive down this gravel lane and walk inside a barn-like structure, and the atmosphere seems to change. Well, years ago, I had signed up for prayer because they offer a prayer time where about four to five individuals prepare in advance to pray over you for about an hour. It was wonderful. This was a time in my life when I was stepping out of a period of deep depression, and I was on the brink of emotional healing in many areas of my life. That day, I arrived and I sat around a long table with two men and two women. They all had their Bibles opened and they were showing just such kind and compassionate faces. One of the gentlemen spoke up at one point and said, Victoria, as I've been praying for you over these last few weeks and days in anticipation of meeting with you today, I kept getting the image of you being in a vehicle trying to drive, but all the windows were muddied up and you were just obsessed with looking back instead of trying to drive forward. You fervently glanced at the rear and side view mirrors, but you couldn't see clearly because everything was so muddy. You couldn't seem to move forward because you couldn't see through the dirty windshield, yet you strained to look backwards. I think what God may be telling you through this image that he kind of dropped in my heart is that it's time to let God clean the windows of your heart. If you want to move forward, you have to stop looking backwards. 
If you want to move forward, you need to be able to see where you're going. Allow God to restore clarity to your vision so you can get on your way. Well, instantly as he was telling me those things, I knew what he was saying was true. I was so backward bashing that I could not be forward focused. My vision was clouded by a gazillion thoughts that haunted me. So the encouragement here is to examine your thoughts carefully to see which ones are keeping you from moving on with purpose and clarity. Perhaps you're caught in a cycle of sin right this moment, or maybe you feel trapped by guilt and shame. Well, now is the time to recognize your own flaws, repent when you fall short of God's standards for your life. And you can start by doing a few of these things. And here's the practical application that you love. Regularly examine your life and behavior for any areas of sin. And listen, I do this often because sometimes the sin seems so small and it's almost unnoticeable. It may be a thought that I have toward Jim or toward a friend. It may be a cutting word or remark that I say that kind of may hurt someone's feelings. There could be so many kind of teeny little things, those harbored thoughts that you have in your heart that you want to reckon with those and get yourself straight every single day. And all you need to do is confess and seek forgiveness when you do sin, when you do say something, do something that's not God honoring. Make a conscious effort to resist temptation and make amends when necessary. If you're dealing with shame or guilt, take a stand today to release it all to God. Release. That's one of my favorite words. Why not start journaling or writing down your thoughts about any trespasses, current or past, that seem to plague you? Grab a trusted friend and come up with a game plan to help you move forward. Allow that friend to pray for you and offer you accountability as you fix your thoughts and set your mind in new directions. As you analyze this area of your life, you may find these thoughts are playing interference. Have you ever had this thought? I cannot overcome this sin. It's just too strong. Well, here's a counter thought to engage. With God's help, I can do all things. That's coming from Philippians 4.13. I may struggle, but God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. And that's 2 Corinthians 12.9. In other words, when you start engaging these counter thoughts, your brain will change Actually, it's going to take time, but the impact is instant on your brain. And what you're going to do here is stop reinforcing those negative thoughts like, I can't overcome this sin. It's just too strong for me. I can't do it. Those kinds of thoughts, the more you think them, the more that's what's going to happen. You've got to de-energize those thoughts and turn your focus in a new direction and repeatedly engage counter thoughts that are uplifting and God honoring. What about this thought? Have you ever said this? I'm just too sinful to approach God. Have you ever thought that or felt that? Like, I've done too much. I've gone too far. He can't forgive me. Those kinds of thoughts. Well, try this instead. This is from Hebrews 4.16. Do you know the verse I'm talking about? Some of you do already. God invites you to come boldly to his throne of grace for forgiveness and help. He is a loving and forgiving God. Focus on that thought instead. Do you ever feel alone in your struggles and you're just saying to yourself all the time, I'm just so alone in all of this. I just don't have anybody. I'm so alone. Hebrews 13, 5 
encourages you that God promises never to leave you or forsake you. The truth is you are not alone. And if you tell yourself you are alone, it's a downright lie. Now, I know that God is in spirit, right? And maybe what you mean is that you don't have any friends to help you. And that's why you feel alone in your struggles. But remember that you have a community of believers who can support and encourage you. All right, step out, ask someone for help. Think of that one friend who's been with you through thick and thin and lean on them at this time when you need a little help. Okay, how about this? Have you ever felt like, I just cannot resist temptation? It's too tempting, it's too hard. And I'm thinking like of some of the foods that I eat, right? Sometimes I'm like, ah, it's just too hard. I can't refuse that, but that's just not true. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says that God will provide a way of escape from every temptation, every operant word, every. You can rely on his strength to resist. You ever thought that you should keep punishing yourself for your past sins? Like maybe you deserve all the shame and guilt that you feel because you've done so much. Well, that is utterly absurd and ungodly. That thought is not true. Tell yourself instead, I am forgiven and redeemed through Christ's sacrifice. In Christ, you have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. That's Ephesians 1, 7. Or how about Romans 8, 1? I know you know this one. Therefore, there is now no what? No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, you can find freedom and grace in God's love and forgiveness, dwelling on past sins and self-punishment and feeling like you can't control yourself when it comes to the current temptations or the sin, the missteps that you're taking. That is not aligned with the biblical message of redemption and grace and strength through Christ. And this leads us to lesson two, trust in God's unfailing love and mercy. Would you like to increase your self-awareness and your God awareness? Would you like to reduce stress and anxiety? And finally, would you like to improve your mood and to regulate your emotions? Well, if that's you, I've got just the item you're gonna love. And that is the Choose to Think Everyday Journal. It contains over 700 reflection questions to serve as journaling prompts. It's a companion journal for the year-long Devo, but for you journaling lovers, it can also serve as a standalone. Further, the Devo journal combo would make a great gift for you or for that special loved one in your life. But what's the big deal about journaling? Well, scientifically, journaling can increase your self-awareness and your God awareness. Putting ink to the page allows you to reflect on your thoughts and emotions, and it helps you gain a deeper understanding of yourself. This will give you greater clarity and purpose, which can lead to increased happiness and fulfillment in your life. Journaling also reduces stress and anxiety. Just by writing down your worries and concerns in a journal, you can release those negative emotions and reduce all that ickiness that's going on in your heart and mind. Gain clarity of thought that way. You're going to feel more relaxed and at peace. And you know all that about mood and emotional regulation? Well, journaling helps you cultivate positive emotions and a sense of gratitude and praise to God, which will lead you to improved mood and better emotional regulation. This will help you stay positive and resilient during difficult times and lead to greater overall happiness in your life. So get your hands on a copy of that journal or go ahead and get the Devo Journal Combo today.
Trusting in God's love and mercy is like crossing a sturdy bridge over a deep chasm. Even when you can't see the other side or understand the path ahead, you step out in faith, knowing that the bridge will support you. In the same way, you trust in God's love and unending mercy to carry you through life's uncertainties. One of the scariest places I have ever traversed was hiking up Machu Picchu Mountain. You've probably heard of Machu Picchu in Peru, and you've probably seen that iconic photograph of the Citadel. When my husband Jim and I visited Machu Picchu last summer, there was an option to hike thousands of feet above the Citadel to the peak of one of the highest surrounding mountains. We had bought tickets to do so. Off we went. The train was steep and jagged with countless stones cut for steps along the narrow pathway. Let me just say that the exposure to the edge and the drop off was a bit nauseating at times. I feared that Jim or I might stumble and find ourselves free falling to our deaths off the side of this mountain. We could only see a portion of the path in front of us as it wound its rocky way up through thickets and brush. We knew the path had purpose, and we assumed, like countless others, that we would ultimately make it to the top. Trusting God is much like this. You trust Him despite the terrain of your life, despite the uncertainties, despite the rocky path, and the fact that you can only see a tiny portion of what's ahead. You trust that his love and mercy will guide you, surround you, and follow you every step of the way. Trusting in God's unfailing love and mercy means recognizing his faithfulness and relying on his guidance in all aspects of your life. How can you apply this principle? Okay, here are a few ideas. Start your day with prayer and meditation on God's love and mercy. Just start there. Even just a few minutes a day can get you going in the right direction. Reminding God that he is love and that he created you in great love and he went to unreal extents to show you just how much he loves you is a great place to start your morning because you're valued, you are loved, and he has mercy in his hand ready for you. Remind yourself of his love and mercy during challenging times especially. Keep a few scriptures on sticky notes handy so that you can review them when you're struggling. Actively seek his guidance through scripture and prayer. Start a prayer journal and a praise journal where you can actually see evidence of God working in your life. You know, it's easy to forget all those times that God has answered your prayer. I know it is for me. I think, oh, that was a God moment, a God thing, God's answer to prayer. If I have it written down and then I need a little bit of boost in my faith, I can go back and read those journal entries. It just makes my my heart take flight in a way because I'm so encouraged by how God has demonstrated himself to me historically. Rereading through all of these occasionally will definitely give your faith a boost for sure. But what are you telling yourself that may be holding you back? You may say something like, you know what, to receive God's mercy, I gotta earn it through my good deeds and perfection. Ever gotten to that trap? Remember, there's nothing you can do to earn God's mercy and love. God's mercy is a free gift given to you through faith in Jesus Christ, not something you can earn through your own efforts. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 emphasizes this truth. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. What about this interfering thought? You're not worthy of God's love. Why not focus more on this life-giving thought instead? I may have flaws, but God's love is unconditional. Romans 5.8 says, I'm worthy of his love because of his grace, not my own merits. 
Recognizing and accepting God's unmerited mercy and walking daily in His proven love for you can lead to a healthier and more peaceful spiritual outlook. What you will find as you do this is that you will have a greater sense of security, peace, and confidence. Although your adrenaline may spike at times, mine sure did hiking up Machu Picchu Mountain, you won't walk in fear and anxiety in general. You will focus on God's role in your trying circumstances, and this will reinforce your resilience and dependency on His strength as you move forward, which leads us to lesson number three, delight in God's presence. So once you squared away your own sinful tendencies and accepted God's mercy and felt the overwhelming gift of his unfathomable love for you, then you can take joy in his presence. You will feel a deep sense of joy, contentment, and purpose. As you recognize and enjoy God's presence, you'll find that this helps you maintain a positive outlook on life and provides a source of strength during difficult times. This powerful outlook also helps you to foster a sense of community and connection with other believers. Just picture yourself enjoying a delicious meal with your loved ones or friends. Delighting in God's presence is akin to being surrounded by those you love most. Just as you take your time to enjoy all the foods and beverages at this feast, you can savor your moments with God. You've heard me speak about Friday Family Fun Night at my house. It's been going on now for 30 years. Believe me, it's not the food that draws my kids and their families to our house, but rather the presence of each other that makes it meaningful. It's the community, the fellowship, the laughter, unity, and the conversation. And don't get me wrong, sometimes our discussions are heated. My kids are quite animated in their opinions and beliefs, but each time they walk in our home, I pray that the atmosphere changes here, that they sense the light and life, indeed God's presence and spirit that are contained within the walls of our home. Do you ever wonder what happens to God's heart when you enter into his presence? When you make concerted efforts to just sit with him, cry with him, vent to him, and kneel at his feet? What a thought. When you converse with God, when you worship him and admire the qualities of his character, and when your heart is filled with praise and gratitude, you can fully enjoy the richness of his presence in your life. He is with you when you're lugging laundry up the stairs. He is with you in the middle of the night when you're attending to a teething baby. He's with you when you're running late for a meeting and you're stuck in traffic. He is with you at the bedside of your loved one who is ill and non-responsive. He is with you when you and your spouse are at odds. He is with you when your heart is imprisoned or when you feel desperately lonely. How can you foster your relationship with God who is ever present? Emmanuel, God with you, God with us. You can set aside dedicated time for prayer, worship, and Bible study. Again, that's repeated, isn't it? In all these scenarios, you want to make time for him. Be deliberate and intentional about this. You can practice gratitude for God's blessings in your life. Get out the old gratitude wheel. Do you have one? And rehearse all the ways you are grateful. Be specific. He'll be right there listening to every praise, everything, every blessing that you write down to him and you lift it up to him. And you can also seek ways to serve others as a form of your worship to God. When you serve others with a willing heart, you take God with you. Okay, so what thoughts may be standing in your way of fully delighting in God's presence? Have you ever said something like this? I just don't have time for prayer and worship. I'm way too busy these days. I just can't. 
Okay, here's the counter thought. I can make time for what is important. Prioritizing my relationship with God will bring me peace and strength. In other words, focus on how you will feel on the other side of meeting with God regularly and consistently. I'm telling you, it will change your life. If you ever had this interfering thought, I'm not joyful because of my circumstances. In other words, look, I don't have much to be grateful about or thankful about or praiseworthy about. Just my life really stinks at the moment. Here's a counter thought. My joy comes from the Lord and is not dependent on my circumstances. Psalm 1611 says that, you know, that you can find joy in his presence. And isn't that the perspective that we want? Don't we want to set our minds on things above? Don't we want to take those thoughts captive that are drawing our eyes in this earthly, in our earthly existence in this direction? The mark of a maturing Christ follower is to count it all joy. Get in the habit of seeing the silver lining in all your trying circumstances because it's there. Have you ever said, I'm too busy to serve others? A counter thought is God has called me to love and serve others from Galatians 5.13. When you serve others, you're serving Christ. That's like echoing from Matthew 25 and 40. So let's recap those takeaways from Psalm 36 as we are admonished to turn away from sin. In other words, get the windows of your heart clean today. Ask God to remove all that, quote, mud that is restricting your view, and he will do it. Number two, trust in God's unfailing love and mercy. Remind yourself that on this journey of life, you're on a path that will seem really scary at times. And although you won't see your way clearly across the river and bridge or along those treacherous mountain paths, God is with you and he will guide you. His love goes before you and hymns you in at every angle. And finally, delight in God's presence. It's like enjoying a wonderful meal with your family and your loved ones. You're there rejoicing and delighting and savoring every conversation, every smiling face, those beautiful eyes that are looking into yours, the hugs that you can give. Just picture that, the presence of your loved ones. It's no different than enjoying and delighting in God's presence. And furthermore, he's always with you. You don't have to make any effort really to be with him because he's there. There with you right now. He's with you. So delight in that. Stop for a moment and praise him for all these wonderful blessings that you have. Doing life with God, for God, and through God is your very best bet at finding that joy you're searching for. Through Jesus Christ, there is forgiveness of sin. God is your protector and your everlasting source of strength. Although you may sometimes scratch your head at what God allows in your life, you can trust that in the end, it is his love and mercy that stand against all earthly trials and turmoils. The Lord offers you the gift of life, light, and his amazing presence to help you navigate. Just as in the life of King David, who turned away from sin, trusted in God's mercy and love, and delighted in God's presence, you too can build a strong foundation for navigating life's challenges and experiencing his abundant blessings. Now, if you found this message encouraging and uplifting to you today, please text it or email the link to a friend or share on social media. It really does help me to pass on the good news of Jesus Christ to a world of believers who need a boost of inspiration today. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. 
And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. And listen, if you like what you hear, would you leave us a one to two sentence review at Apple Podcasts, share the link with a friend, or tag me on your share on social media? It would mean the world to me and would help us to keep shining the light of Christ and sharing the good news to others who are in need of encouragement. Please visit us on our website at choosetothink.co. That's with the number two, choosetothink.co, to get on our monthly newsletter list. And if you need a guest speaker for your next women's retreat or church event, I'm your gal. Email me at choose to think at gmail.com. And that's with the number two, choose to think at gmail.com. Finally, I offer limited free mentoring sessions each month where you and I can chat to help you develop a strategy for your thoughts in any area of your life. I'm a certified life coach and I have something to share. Visit choose to think.co and click on mentoring for more details. Also, keep in mind that the messages on this show are for informational and educational purposes only. Please consult your medical doctor for all medical issues. Thank you again for tuning in. God bless you. Thank you.